0: Oh dear, hi listeners. Welcome to Podcast with Paul. We've got interesting insights guaranteed and it's time to increase your emotional intelligence. Are we up for increasing our emotional intelligence listeners? Let's have lots of joy and fun and excitement for sure. Hey, I've got some really special guests along the way. Interesting people, really challenging ideas and challenging conversations. It's going to be amazing you can learn more about what to do, why to do what to do, and what to do about it all. <laughs> it's so much fun becoming self-aware, motivated, alive, learning new ways to see the world. Hey everybody, welcome to Podcast with Paul. Oh, welcome, Linda. Thank you very much for coming on Podcasts with Paul.
1: I'm looking forward to it,
0: Paul. (laughs) Oh, that's good. (laughs) Look, I was just thinking about that idea that you were talking and we were talking about why we do what we do and why we're here and having a conversation. Do you know that in the idea of a moment in time, you're just here at a time where you can actually talk and have a conversation? And I was thinking, you know, in life... All we really do is have conversations with people to help us to get where we're going to go because we need to have a conversation and often the first person to teach us how to talk and what to say and how to react is our parents. You know, so the first times we talk, and i am now uh, got a young grandson, and the way that we communicate, as, a, and he's not yet two, is really interesting to observe. Have you seen the children and how they react to communication when they're young?
1: Oh, totally. What about when you go to a supermarket or something and there's a young you know, a young baby there in, in mum's arms or a young child in mum's arms and I don't know about you but I'm a bit naughty and I might poke my tongue out or <laughs> give them a cross eyes or take my glasses off and, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, their reaction is quite entertaining.
0: Yeah, and it's like that's the learning from a very early age and I was interested that the language that people are able to accept – They say that you can learn different languages when you're younger but it's not easy to learn language when we get older because maybe our brain is somehow attuned to... Okay, we've learnt that and it's difficult to learn again. But some people's brains are able to maybe speak a number of languages. How are you going with language? You only, How many can you oh, speak?
1: I am absolutely terrible. I have tried <laughs> to learn languages and I can't retain it.
0: No, i like me too. Mm. <laughs> so it's just some people can some people can't. Mm. Yeah, languages is a hard one. But yeah, the conversations that we have, I was, I was listening to a guru guy and he said to me that there's something in conversations that we have that's to do with listening. And often we can get caught up in what we want to say, and it's easy to get caught up in what we think and the need to share what we think without really knowing whether the audience are interested in hearing what we have to say. And I've noticed that you have been very good at audience, very good at creating people listening to you because you you seem to have this air of, I don't know, you have a way of communicating that people enjoy listening to. Have you noticed that?
1: No, but that's very kind. Thank you.
0: (laughs) I don't know, when I first saw you, you you showed that you listened to somebody. I mean, we've had a conversation just before about what my ideas about raising awareness for the Human Foundation. And I found your ability to hear and listen and then react and add value to somebody's comments without being overly opinionated. It's an interesting art, the art of communication, because it's not easy necessary for everybody to maybe think that they can easily listen. But listening's an absolutely important part of of communicating.
1: It's interesting you should say that. I think that comes in my training. So my mum used to always say to me as a young child, "The empty barrels make the most noise." <laughs> it's so if true. you think about that, you know, you, you, those people who often speak more than they they listen are filling in for something or don't have the substance that those that potentially listen more and and engage with people. The other thing is I had a boss previously that always used to say, you have two ears and one mouth, use them in those orders. In that order, I beg your pardon. And so it's something I guess I've taken on board as well. But I think it actually comes from the genuine love of people. So I actually think people are super interesting. And if you listen and ask questions and get them talking to about the best subject that they know themselves – it can be really, really interesting and you can find out little tidbits that you just don't do if you're speaking all the time.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like, I, I agree, I mean, we must be the same in that way. The variety that, of life that you get when people are there and you start to assume that you might know some about somebody, but when they start to open up and tell you about their story, some of the interesting things that you know and find out about people that you thought, no, I can't believe that, And, you know, the traveling or whatever, the difficulties they might have had or the joys that they've had. It's just so interesting. People are interesting. It's like you don't necessarily have to watch telly to find interesting people are all around you.
1: 100%.
0: (laughs) Which is beautiful. Now, talking about people and your little history, tell me, Linda, you're a very successful business person in Adelaide, well known. And you started this interesting business that I want to talk to you about because it's called the Purple Giraffe. And if anyone doesn't know about that, listeners, when you hear about that, you might want to look that up. It's very interesting. I went to visit Linda and uh, asked her to do some work uh, for me and she continue working together. But the purple giraffe, I looked at her and then out comes this beautiful smiling lady in Linda and so positive and so happy and so full of energy and the right stuff. And you had a team and I remember walking in and you could sort of feel the ambience or the energy already in the room. So everybody was there happily there there wasn't they didn't feel that there wasn't that tension in the air everyone was enjoying the space and everyone was contributing but i felt that there was an ethic around Getting the job done, there was a lot of clever people. I noticed you had a lot of clever people in there, (laughs) some young, clever people. And then I saw your office and it was all full of purple things and giraffes and full of colour and beautiful colour. Now, tell me about the purple giraffe and where did that come from and what, what, what made you think of starting that business?
1: Oh, gosh, there's a story in itself. So how long do we have? The name Purple Giraffe, so the truth of the story is my husband and son and I, my son was 10 at the time. We were driving to Bacchus Mass to a a birthday party. We had 10 hours in the car and we were coming up with names. And my son came up with this fantastic name called Indigo Owl.
0: Indigo Owl. That's a nice one.
1: And uh, I guess the brief, I should have explained the brief. The brief was I wanted a name that people would go, what is that? What do you do? It was a conversation starter. And so when he said Indigo Owl, I just fell in love with that name. And he was 10 years old. How he even knew the colour indigo just freaks me out today. But Indigo Owl, we couldn't register it. The URL, the website address had already gone. Oh,
0: really? That's unusual. The social media it was handles, gone. A
1: whole lot was gone. So it was that good. <laughs> it was that good. And so we then started looking at colours and animals. Now, when my son was a young baby, he had a toy that was a purple giraffe that we used to call Jenny giraffe. And mm-hmm. when you pressed Jenny's foot, she would sing a little song with her head tilting back and forward going, hello, 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 how are you?
0: Oh.
1: On like that, it would make us laugh. Oh, really? Now, being the man or the the king of laughter, you would understand <laughs> that... Um, Laughter is a really good thing. It
0: is a good thing.
1: And so we were just when I was thinking about starting my own business, and I thought about this name. It made me happy, and I thought, well, why not make and get a name that makes me happy every single day? Because you know, running your own business is a tough gig, and mm. so you've got to have something that makes you happy and makes mm. you laugh. So, thus the purple giraffe came. Now, the marketing story behind purple <laughs> giraffe.
0: Oh, it's a good marketing story as well.
1: Complete different story is yeah. that purple is a creative, royal, trusted color. And giraffes, of course, are tall and can look a long way into the future and they have individual spots. Wow,
0: that's a good way of looking at it. I never thought about that. It is a beautiful way to look at it. I know that purple is a chakra colour and the purple is the colour of the mind and it's a universal colour, like you say. And, oh, the giraffe is sitting up high. Yes. can see around and look at the horizon. Indeed,
1: (laughs) indeed. So from a marketing perspective, it had all the elements that I wanted for a marketing business but for a name, it just resonates with me and my family. It and, resonates and with laugh. a lot
0: of people. I tell you what, when you see when you see the, the name Purple Giraffe, it's very memorable. And it's a lovely name. It's 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 a very positive, happy name, the Purple Giraffe, you don't know. It anyway, is. what do you do exactly?
1: So we do outsource marketing for businesses who either have I guess, being successful in their own right, and then they need to get to the next level or they want to get to the next level and need to put some structure and some strategy behind what they're doing, or for people who are looking to employ a part-time marketer in their office, their alternative is to come and use our skills and services of, you said I had a large team and I do have a large team and all of those people are specialised in different areas. So a business can come and outsource their marketing to us and they get the specialists of 12 to 14 people. We're just about to put on two more. So 14 people are wow. behind their brand.
0: It's okay. interesting, the whole idea around marketing. and I know I'm busy in Service FM and we're doing some working now around marketing and we're thinking, what is the message and who are you and what are you trying to say you are? And it's so interesting because people can get good at being something and doing something in a business sense. And businesses grow and they develop and they, and they start to widen or broaden their appeal. But they go, okay, how do we identify to the next level of the market that we're trying to approach? Wherever we're at, at the start, in the middle, as we're growing. And obviously marketing is getting cleverer about how to attract. And you might see your, you know, people in the industry that are with you in your industry and you look at them and they go, oh, they're choosing a different way of, of presenting themselves and I've been in the journey of watching companies present themselves differently, and I started out at McDonald's, <laughs> you know, as the person who was there looking at that business in court in the middle of it. And I ended up being a, a store manager at McDonald's, and now I look at the McDonald's product now. <laughs> look at how they do things and what they are and how they mark themselves, and they're con- they're choosing different ways and they're, they're spending so much energy and time and money and effort in presenting what their product is, and we're getting cleverer at doing it. But as consumers, we expect a certain standard of of delivery of marketing to us. Mm. And you've had to keep up with all that, obviously. So you're looking at how other people market and how you market, and then you can look at the, the ways. But for some reason, we want to have our ears tickled or we want to be able to see things and we want to be able to feel that we're being represented in a marketing way before we buy. So we say... I need to feel comfortable about it. Mm. Isn't it strange how humans want to feel comfortable before they actually say yes?
1: Yeah. I think the internet and the immediacy of, I don't even know if that's a word really, but anyway, we'll go with it. I like it. Of information and, you know, the whole landscape of marketing has changed Mm. through the internet. Same with media, you know, like, you know, years gone by when something happened over in England, we would get a letter or or come on in the advertiser Mm. or whatever the equivalent is in your state. And they, you know, take months and months and months for that information to come through. Now it takes seconds.
0: I know, we get it so quickly.
1: Absolutely. And so people want everything so very quickly. But the other thing is for marketers, the coolest thing is that data, more data is available to us than ever was before. And so what we can now do is get really down deep into who is your target market and who are the people that are using your product and or service. And so we can be really, really targeted on the messaging that we give to those individuals in the way that they need to hear it across many different platforms. So that in itself can actually do your head in. <laughs> it can
0: do your head yeah. in because obviously you're trying to get somewhere and uh, uh, c- can you end up being too broad or can you be too specific? Mm. So that's where your head, your head must go into and go, oh, we don't know what we are. And because there's so much information and an overload, how do we get a voice through all that information, through all that overload, And then you've got those wonderful things. I think they're wonderful. Those wonderful things called algorithms, which I'm not sure if I like them anymore. (laughs) Before I used to go, "Oh, I want that," and now I'm getting a bit of that. Now I'm getting, and just now I'm scared to ask what I want because I might get too much information around what I want. Yes, there are strange things, uh, algorithms. I mean, you've you've obviously. Understood them and see them from where you are in your perspective. How's it been? <laughs> Tell me, how's it for you?
1: Well, it's interesting, you know, because I don't know if you can ever really fully understand an algorithm because they change them so quickly. Mm. And so, you know, today's digital marketing evolves so very quickly, it's really hard to keep on top of it. And so you you generally need to be working with it all the time to actually, to, to at least, you know, understand it slightly. And so it's very difficult in a business perspective for for individuals, if they're running a business to actually then know all of that detail and how it works and all those sorts of things. But algorithms are very, very interesting in that they can be wonderful for marketers because it helps us absolutely target down to the minutiae or they're really, really terrible as consumers, which is the voice that you're talking about, because, you know, they can get inundated with things because of the algorithm. So from a marketing perspective, we absolutely love and adore them. The trick for the product is to make sure, or the business, to make sure that they don't actually, because they can set parameters around how often their messaging can be delivered to a person. And so it's really important to make sure that you limit that messaging to a point that you don't get to what you just explained uh, of overload, and now you're actually annoying me rather than I'm engaged by you. So you can, as a business, set those limits so that you know that you're not annoying your potential consumer. The algorithms are just the, the delivery mechanism to get there.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Fascinating. It's like you can say a lot of things or you can do a lot of things, but yeah, there seems to be an availability of product from a, a, a wider scope and now people can say, I've seen that there, now I'm going to go look at it somewhere else. And people are buying things from all over the world, whereas the opportunity to buy from all over the world wasn't so easily available. Because we used to need to go to the grocer up the road, or we go to the butcher up the road, or we go to the store up the road. So we went to the shopping centre, went to Myers, and now we can go, oh, we want to buy something from America for this, for, for, you know, direct from another country. And so interesting how that's, that has given that opportunity is available to us so easily by the click of the button.
1: Well, the thing that excites me the most about it, Paul, is the fact that. This new mechanism for getting to consumers has allowed small to medium-sized businesses to compete against the big big Mm, businesses. Most definitely. So it's levelled the playing field. And so if I talk about the business for a minute, Purple Draft, what we do is we've got some fantastic marketers that have all, a large proportion of them have worked in corporate life. So they know the art of the possible. When you've worked in a corporate world and you've had a lot of cash or you've had a lot of budget in your marketing you know you know about different types of marketing techniques, but if you've only ever worked in a small business, you really are shackled by your budget expenditure. And so what I love about the, the business that we have is because we've got all these great people that have worked in these corporate environments, they know to the other possible. They can then use those skills and techniques that they have to bring them to smaller businesses to say this is what we need to do to level that playing field. And it's not just in a digital arena. It might be in PR. It might be in traditional marketing. It might be wherever their target market is, we want to actually be the best at for them. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is, is the internet in particular has brought businesses to be at a level ground.
0: Ah, Thank you, everyone. That was very interesting to hear from the wonderful Linda. Boy, does she know about uh, marketing and how she talked about we get information you know the speed of information how to look for the target market how do you speak to the market and how do you target the people that you want to speak to she shared about uh, algorithms they're interesting things wow this marketing expert linda she's wonderful to learn from thank you for joining us everyone it's look forward to episode two That's another episode from Podcast with Paul. Special thanks, everyone. Remember to keep an eye out for our next exciting episode with more fun special guests. Find out more of what we're all about and look up The Laughter Project. Hey, everyone. Be happy.